And then I went to a horror film convention in Sacramento, and I got to meet the guy who played Jason, the really tall Jason. Okay. Because I forget his name. Nicest guy I've ever met in my entire life. But he played Jason. Yeah. I, I met Michael Myers in the 2018 yeah. Halloween, and I, then I went to go watch him at a panel, because I, wow. really, I really wanted to see that panel. And it was so funny, because he was just... He, he can just talk and talk and talk. And uh, he was talking about how when he was at, when he was filming for the movie, mm-hmm. he went and stayed in a psych ward for two days. So that way he can get himself to that point wow. of like darkness. Crazy. He could play a character like that. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a marvelous podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in Polite Company. My name is Jose. And my name is Jesse. That's right. This week we are joined by my little brother Jesse. This week we are going to discuss Marvel, kind of the road to Endgame, if you will. But the road to the Endgame. <laughs> that's right. The end, the end of the road. We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's that's the end game. But first, let's talk about what we have on tap. So, Jesse, what are you drinking today? I have some grape soda, courtesy mm. of my brother's uh, fridge. Grape soda. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I, on the other hand, am drinking Sierra Nevada Ruthless Rye IPA. Wow. Straight up Chico, California. You guys aren't racist against IPAs anymore here, huh? Well, actually, you know what's funny is when I when it's just me and someone else, I usually drink an IPA. But Joel and I will do our lager thing. You know? Ah, okay, okay, that's right. As we do, the back the backside says, "Rye has been a staple grain for millennia, sought after for its stubborn resilience in the field, and revered for its unique flavor." Ruthless Rye IPA is brewed with rustic grains for refined flavors, combining the peppery spice of rye and the bright citrusy flavors of whole cone hops. Fancy pants and the cover. Looks like it's what is that? It's like a like an old oh, west no. style woman. I don't even. That's on a farm. An, she's on a farmland. She looks like a witch with a scythe. It kind of does. That huh? is. That's definitely a witch with a scythe. That is a. I didn't notice it's a scythe. What the hell, lady? Oh, you know what? Maybe because <laughs> well, she's, she's cutting, on a farm, so she has to cut, cut the wheat. wheat. Okay, but it says ruthless. She's ruthless. So with that she scythe. doesn't. She doesn't sift the the wheat from the chaff. She just cuts it all. Yeah, she doesn't give a. Sh- she doesn't give a sh- Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jesse and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes, though we tend to be a bit long winded, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, um, I'm going to discuss the word Easter. So when this episode airs, Easter will have already passed. But yes. um, Easter is this Sunday. Correct. And we're recording this on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Hump day. Hump day. Hump day. So I, I have to say this. I will often hear from non-Christians, non-believers, um, people who read a lot of articles online, I guess, that Easter, the Christian holiday Easter has pagan origins, because the word Easter sounds a lot like the name of a Germanic goddess, Oestre, 
who was responsible for a spring, apparently, or Ishtar, a Babylonian goddess of fertility. But anyway, that's just completely false because the name Easter sounds like these two goddesses. It doesn't necessarily mean... It is about two goddesses. Exactly, right? Yeah. So correlation, right, is not causation. Um, Easter's roots are actually Jewish, and I've talked about this several times, actually, on the podcast. They're Jewish because Easter is basically the Christian version of the Jewish Passover, with Christ okay. being, Christ is the Passover lamb. And and you see in, you, I guess you hear in, in English, we say Easter, but you actually hear in every other language the word Passover, right? Passover in their language. So, for example, um, in Hebrew, they say Pesach, right? Pasqua in okay. Spanish, Pasqua in Italian, Pax in French, Pasha in Greek, um, Pascha in Latin, and, and so on and so forth. Okay. They all derive from the Hebrew word for Passover. So in every other language, except for English <laughs> and German, the word has its derivation in Passover. So only in English we get Easter, right? And that's because the word Easter comes from the Anglo-Saxon month for Oestre, which is for that fertility goddess. Okay. Right? So because Easter... Passover, right, would fall in that month, the Anglo-Saxons, the Germans, then referred to that holiday as Oestre. Does that make sense? Yes. But that would be like if I had a birthday on Thursday, right? That doesn't mean that I'm worshiping Thor, <laughs> right? The god well, of thunder. Not? You were born on a I Thursday. I should be, right? But it just so happens that my birthday fell on a Thursday. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence, just like it's a coincidence that Passover fell during this month that's named Oestre, right? After this spring goddess. Okay. So if you ever say that, go ahead and just slap yourself because Easter <laughs> is not pagan, doesn't have pagan roots. It's not about, you know, fertility gods or spring gods or goddesses. It's about the Christian holiday of Passover with Christ as our Passover lamb. That's what it's all about. Or Easter could be about Nacho Libre. Could be. And Jack Black and his little tighties. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter's? I love that movie. It's brilliant. Anyway, what do you got going on here, Jesse? Uh, So, super quickly, uh, you've heard of the term Make America Great Again? We will make America great again. Uh, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, well, it's a, it's a great term. Anyway. Is that MAGA? <laughs> MAGA? MAGA? Yes, Mexicans. Manga. Something, something, something. Anyway, <laughs> so there's another, there's a clothing brand out there that kind of capitalized off of Make America Great Again, and it's called Make Hockey Violent Again. MAFA? Yeah, MAFA. So the clothing brand is called Violent Gentlemen. It's run out of uh, Anaheim, and it's by a former hockey player. But that brings up a great topic about hockey being violent. So... Right now, we're in the midst of the beginning of the playoffs. As of today, mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, the um, Tampa Bay Lightning have been swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. First time ever in history that the President's Trophy winner has been swept. Oh, wow. And the... Who else got swept? The Pittsburgh Penguins got swept. So, crazy first round of hockey so far. Poor Penguins. Um, I'm a Bruins fan, so we are tied up 2-2, heading back to Boston with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boston. Yeah, go Boston. Anyway, we have the defending Stanley Cup champions of the Washington Capitals and their captain, Alex Ovechkin, Russian player. 
And then we have them going up against the Carolina Hurricane, huge underdogs in the series. And they have a player named Alex Sav- uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. Savenikov. He's a Russian, so. He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's out there. Anyway, they are in game three in Carolina. Uh-huh. It is a heated game, and the only reason why it's heated is because it is not close. The Hurricane are running away with it. And oh, the they're s- getting stomped. Yes, I believe at the time the score was 5-0, something like that. They were just getting blown out. It was not right. good for the Capitals at all. So in a heated game, what's something that you do to turn around a game? You get in fights. Fights bring up your team morale. Mm. Alex Ovechkin, and we're just going to call him Alex of the Carolina Hurricane. Right, it's easier to say. Yes. Oh, so Ovechkin and Alex get in a fight, and Ovechkin mollywops this guy. He mops the floor with this kid and knocks him out cold. Wow. In seconds. I saw that, yeah. Yes. So I have their stats pull up really quickly. Alex Ovechkin mm-hmm. is 6'3", and he weighs 235 pounds. Dang. Compared to Alex, the young lad, who's 6'2", so there's only a, hi- a one inch height difference, right? But he weighs 195 pounds. Ooh, what is that like? 60 pound difference, basically. About, yeah. So I don't know if you've ever seen Alex Ovechkin, but he is a bona fide stallion. <laughs> this guy is as meaty as they come. When you get hit by this guy, it's getting like hit by a train. So they're in this fight. He gets knocked out, and he is now in the concussion protocol. Wow. So people come out and say, you know, hockey and fighting, it is just, there's no room for it in hockey anymore. Right. This isn't the 1980s. There's no reason to fight. You know, it's a faster game, no reason to fight. And fair enough, you know, right. it isn't the 80s anymore, so there's no Broad Street bullies of the Philadelphia Flyers and the old Boston Bruins when they would go into the stands and beat up fans with shoes. Wow. But it's a morale booster, you know? It's one of the things that really gets the team going. Yeah. And if you look throughout hockey right now, there's not many enforcers left. Now, an enforcer, for those who don't know, is a player on the team who plays on the fourth line, which is the last line of players to come out for their shifts. They get the least amount of playing time. And they their job is to come out and send a message. Really? Do not hit my star player. Uh-huh. Don't do this, because then I'm going to come for you. Oh, wow. That is their job. Now, are there any players like that anymore? There's a couple. There's not many a name to name one player, David Backus of the David Bruins, of the David Bruins, of the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. He used to be the captain of the St. Louis Blues, was traded to the Boston Bruins, fell off the face of the earth. He's not as great of a player anymore. Had a talk with the coach. Uh-huh. Ever since that talk, he comes out, he hits people really hard, he fights them, and he's been doing great. Some of the best really? hockey he's played in a while. So my personal opinion on fighting, it's nice when it happens. It's fun. Yeah. It really gets the crowd going. It gets the players going. It can definitely swing the momentum in a, in a game. Right. Now, is a, f- a fight like that really necessary when you're getting mollywopped 5-0? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's unfortunate the result of it, but lots of things can happen in hockey. Lots and lots right. of things. I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. Make hockey violent again. I don't really watch hockey. I know it's violent. But, and I get that impulse to where it's like hey it, it adds a level you know of excitement right a danger yeah it's why, it's why i watch sometimes i'll watch nascar i was hoping one of the cars will wreck and the tire will go flying into the crowd and smash them final destination style yeah exactly but other than that i don't really care about nascar but um and and i don't understand hockey but uh, i know people are excited about the bruins uh, my brother-in-law also is a big bruins fan yeah so. and you know just to go back on that real quick is 
if Alex had knocked out Ovechkin, would he be seen as a hero for beating up the guy who's bigger in his weight team. class and he is on the defending Stanley Cup champions? You know? <clears throat> Whoever writes the narrative, right. that's how you're going to view the story. It's their story. Dang. Someone, th- someone throw a punch. So, for the main segment of our show, Jesse and I are going to kind of look at um, Marvel over the last, what, 11 years now? 20-some-odd movies. How many movies is it? Uh, 22, I think. 22 movies leading up to Endgame. Might have to fact-check me, but I believe it's 22. So, it's actually 21 films, and I guess Endgame will be the 22nd. So, Marvel's 21-movie arc... You know, the last 10 or 11 years. Yes. Uh, the 22nd film will be Marvel's um, Endgame. Avengers Endgame. That's right. The sequel it's to all Infinity. come to this. That's right. The end of the road. I'm just thinking about it. I know, me too. I kind of peed myself a little bit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So I kind of want to start by just looking at the whole idea of a shared universe. Because we've never really had a shared universe before. It was like, there's a Superman movie over here, there's a Batman movie over there. Yeah. You know, and they, they never really interconnected. And I, I, when I Growing up, I kind of wanted that. Yeah, and you know, kind of when I was growing up, I remember there was the Michael Keaton Batmans that came out, you know, when you were a child. Yeah. I'm Batman. And then, when I was a teenager, there was the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I'm Batman. And I always remember one of the conversations people would have is, well, this doesn't make sense to me because this is a different guy playing Batman, right. different people playing Robin, the cities don't look similar, you know, the films don't look similar. Exactly. And, you know, that's where people get confused. And then now you have something like Marvel that comes out and they mm-hmm. make this huge cinematic universe. And now if something doesn't match up, right. looking at you, DC. Why did you say that, Dad? <laughs> Then people get really upset, and they will—they have no problem taking a huge dookie right. on your filmography. So that's a really good point, just to kind of jump in with some DC, because DC tried to jump the line, if you will. Yeah. Jump straight to doing like a team-up film with Justice League. Mm-hmm. Bomb. They could not recreate that Marvel magic, you know, of, of having the team-up, the team coming together, assembling. Yeah. And it... And now I think they are backing away from that and kind of going towards the individual movies, like with Joker. Shazam. Yeah, I don't know. They just couldn't do it. And they're probably going to recast all their superheroes, except for, I would assume, Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Because Ben Affleck, he's out. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cavill, I think he has one movie left. And if not, I assume he's out. I'm assuming he's out, too. Um. But yeah, like you're saying, you know, you look at Marvel, they came out with Iron Man in 2008. Yeah. When did the first Avengers movie came out? That came out when I was in high school. Yeah. I want to say it came out like junior year. That's about 2011. Uh-huh. Okay. Then you have DC who comes up. Man, I feel like these always turn into DC shit. Yes. <laughs> anyway, DC comes out with Man of Steel. Yeah. And then they came out with, there's Wonder Woman. This might not be in order. They came out with Wonder Woman, Batman versus Superman. And then they come out with Justice League. No yeah. Aquaman movie, no standalone Batman movie, no Cyborg movie. You should probably move. No Flash movie. No, nothing. So people, 
yeah, you can say, well, you know, the average comic book fan will know who these people are, and they don't need a background story on them. Right. Well, okay, but you kind of need to do that if you want to sell some tickets. You need to know who these people are. Yes. And so you need to have buy-in. And so there was no buy-in for these characters, like, whatsoever. And in, in situations like this, too, when you talk about buy-in, you know, I like to look at horror movies, mm-hmm. you know. Your movie will have as much much success as your last movie did. Right. So if you release Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. right, and it's been a year since the last release, it's and it does super well, okay, well, now you can make a sequel. Right. And people are going to go see your sequel because they like the first one. Now, if your sequel sucks... Not many people are going to go see your third movie. Right. That's what happens in superhero movies. If you have an awesome Avengers film, everyone's going to go see your next movie, Captain Marvel. Right. You, people don't like Captain Marvel, then they're not going to want to go see Endgame. True. It spins out, huh? Exactly. So I, I think that you know we kind of have to back up here, though, and just kind of acknowledge that the reason why it works at Marvel and not at DC is because of Kevin Feige. Kevin! Yes. He is a genius. He's a true comic book nerd at heart. Mm-hmm. But he's also a genius because he's able to see the whole arc. And he, he's told the whole story in phases. Mm-hmm. So he's been very patient. And he hasn't been trying to rush to a, you know... To an end. To, a, like, to, an, end, to an end game. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, so I'm looking at the timeline here. And it was several years before there was an Avengers movie. Right? Yeah. So you had Iron Man. I am Iron Man. And then you had... Thor, right? And not just, like... And you also had Hulk, too, by the way. And oh, also, I think those end credit scenes connecting, you know, the movie you had just watched to the one that was coming out. Yeah. So at the end of Iron Man, right? The, and the end credit scene... Was it Iron Man 2? Talk about it. And maybe it was Iron Where Man it was, um, at the end, they're like, oh, there is, like, this thing out in the desert. And there's a, there was a hammer out in the desert. Yes, and yes, And it created, yes. like, a, a crater... Or something along and those lines. Shield was going to go check it out. I think that was Iron Man two. More than likely, at the yeah. end of right, and then you also had in Iron Man two, um, Black Widow was coming in, and she was like his personal assistant. And then you had you know Nick Fury coming in with Shield. The one that I remember the most was in uh, the Incredible Hulk. Uh-huh. And at the very end of it, I believe it's Nick Fury is at the end, and he's kind right. of talking about the uh, was it. He was talking about Shield, right. But see, that was that's when they had. Um, they didn't have Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. No, they had, they had the neo Nazi. Yeah, what's his name? You really don't know Ed, his name. They had Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Edward Norton. And he. Um, that movie wasn't released directly from Marvel, right? I think it was at Sony. I think it was Sony, but it was Marvel Productions, it. kind of somehow. Yeah. Which was huge at the time. Right. So it, you could see where they were like planting the seeds of like a larger thing, and then which which um, excited a lot of people. Yeah, which one was it? The, was it Thor? Where it was like the end credit scene was Thanos. Was it Thor? There was a lot of <clears throat> Thanos end credits. But scenes. the first one though, I think was Thor. Could have been. I should know. I should have fact checked that. But I think so. To back up though, Kevin Feige. Kevin. Genius, planning this slowly over time in phases. But also taking a risk with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's a huge risk. Because at the time, he was like a financial like box office well, risk. Because here's a guy who was like a drug addict. He'd been to jail. His, life was, his personal life was a mess. Yes. And it was almost as though it was a perfect role for RDJ. Because Tony Stark was kind of a mess. Yeah. As well. You experience things. 
and then they're over, and you still can't explain them? Gods, aliens, other dimensions? I'm, I'm just a man in a can. So it's like he could kind of work out his personal demons through this character and have that redemption and become the hero. But yeah, that was that, I love that movie. Iron Man, I just watched Iron Man 1 the other day. Iron Man 2. It still holds up. It does. Iron Man 2 is pretty good. Iron Man 3, not as good. But you know what? Iron Man 3, we'll, we'll talk about it later. I, I, I think Iron Man 3 was, is... Just to touch on that real quick, even Marvel's worst movies yeah. are still damn good movies. Okay, that's kind of what I was going to say. Yeah, their best movies are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Their worst movies are still pretty good. Watchable. Yes. Yeah. I can sit down and be like, well, this wasn't as good as X, Y, and Z, but it's still good. But it's still good. Yeah. So let's kind of run through the um, the timeline here. I could do this all day. Because it, I think people are going to go into Endgame. I think the movie comes out, what, on the 23rd? 6th. The 26th? Same day Taylor Swift releases a new album. Oh, how could I forget? Yeah. Come yeah. on, dude. I know. Are you serious? Damn. But... <laughs> But, yeah, you had Iron Man come out in 2008, and then Iron Man 2 came out a couple years later. So it was just, an, it, the whole franchise was built on Iron Man, which is why I think Iron Man has kind of carried the series. Even though Captain America has been, like, the leader, he's the first Avenger, I think Iron Man is really the leader, in a sense. Without a doubt. Of the a, Avengers. A B-list comic book hero, to say the least. Yeah. Shot into superstardom like that. Yeah. In ways, people say that, you know, no one can play Wolverine except for Hugh Jackman. No one can see Hugh Jackman not being Wolverine. Exactly. I mean, I think that's tenfold for Iron Man. Oh, yeah. I cannot see anyone else stepping into that role at all. I can see another Captain America. I can see another Thor. Yeah. I can't see another Tony Stark. I can't see Robert Downey Jr. as anything but Tony Stark now. I am Iron Man. So yeah. we, watched, we watched Sherlock. You know, the Sherlock Holmes? Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, oh, cool, look. It's Iron Man. It's <laughs> Iron Man's solving <laughs> mysteries yes. in the 19th century. <laughs> Hunting down Jack the Ripper or whatever. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I love Tony Stark. And then those kind, those movies established the idea that they were heroes. That they were people, whether it was with money or, with, or whatever, who could basically save the world. Yeah. Right? But then on the flip side, and you really see this in event, and um, you really see this in Iron Man two and three, where once you have a hero kind of step out, you have a villain who is emboldened to also kind of step out. Yeah, our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict, and conflict breeds catastrophe. We saw that in, in uh, especially in Iron Man two, the Russian dude played by um, Mickey Mickey Rourke Rourke. Right? He's like, you know, pissed off because Tony Stark's dad had screwed over his dad. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he wanted to get revenge. Typical dads screwing each other. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These two dads boning each other. <laughs> I'll edit that out. That's horrible. Um, <laughs> that's what makes this podcast. You're not supposed to talk about this in company. Exactly. Play company. Um, and then we have The Incredible Hulk, right? Mm-hmm, and that came out in the same year that Iron Man came out. Yeah. And it's a decent movie. In my opinion, I liked. I've always been a Hulk fan. Yeah, me too. So I, I like the Hulk movie. I like Edward Norton. Um, I think he plays a great Bruce Banner. Uh, from my understanding, though, is not many people liked him on set. People don't like Edward Norton. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's apparently super, you know, handsy, and he wants to be in control, and he wants to, you know, do what he wants to do, what he right. thinks is best for the film, and you can't have that. No, in a, in a Marvel universe, I mean, this is from the outside looking at. True. Excuse me. I assume most of these actors 
you know, talk to the Russo brothers or to Kevin Feige and they just, you know, take their commands and they do what they have to do. I don't know if Edward Norton fits into that. No, because he wants creative control over everything. But when you have something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everything has to be placed just so. It's all part of a larger Everything has a purpose. Right. But, um, and I like that they, that movie technically is part of the universe. Yes. And you have, um, what's his name? Ross, the general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then later on becomes the Secretary of State. Yes. And he's the one who. In the universe. Yeah, he ends up pushing for the Sokovia Accords and whatnot later on. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, that was a decent movie. I just, ah. I think Mark Ruffalo does the whole better. I think he just is such a natural fit for that role. And he loves it, too. If you watch these oh, interviews, yeah. you know. And I always think it's so funny that, you know, Mark Ruffalo is a veteran actor. Yeah. And he, they put him on these press releases with Tom Holland. Yeah. Spider-Man, who is a younger actor who's been known to spoil things on accident. Right. Complete accident. You know, whether it's planned by Marvel or he's legitimately just saying things on accident. They put him with actors like Mark Ruffalo and mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch who have to kind of reel him in during these interviews and go, oh, don't stop saying <laughs> half the shit you're saying. <laughs> right. But, and then on another note, I could talk about these guys forever. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, when he was talking about Infinity War, oh, yeah. he was like, oh yeah, you guys are going to love this. Everyone dies at the end. And um, what's his name? Falcon. Clarence from Eight Mile. Yeah, yeah. Goes like, hey, come on, man. What, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, I'm just kidding. Not everyone dies. I think, I don't. I think Mark Ruffalo loves it. Did, did was was it Mark Ruffalo who went to the Infinity War premiere with his phone in his pocket, but he had it accidentally recording all the audio, and he was streaming it on live onto Instagram. Really? Yes. No, I did not. know He had about it in that. his pocket, so he didn't realize until like ten minutes into the movie that he had been streaming live onto Instagram. I think it was Instagram, but it was in his pocket. It was all dark, but you could hear the movie. Oh no! From his pocket. But no, I think Mark Ruffalo is a better fit, and it's sad that the Edward Norton Hulk, Incredible Hulk, was the last standalone film. But I like how they're doing the arc over the three. Disney films. is getting their uh, their Infinity Gauntlet of all their movies back. I guess so. And they've gotten Fox, and they're going to be hunting for that. They're Universal going for title, Sony yeah. and Universal. Yeah. But then you had Thor coming out, and oh my god, can we talk about Thor's eyebrows? Can we talk about Thor? Thor's everything? <laughs> well, okay, so that movie was directed by Kenneth Branagh, right? So he's like the stage actor. I think he was also, he played the um, spider dude in uh, Wild Wild West. 35 feet of small intestine and our ability to reproduce all in the name of the South. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He directed Thor, which is why Thor had so much drama and like Shakespearean, uh, I don't know, quality to his speaking. But for whatever damn reason, he colored Thor's eyebrows yellow, like blonde. Remember that? Got to bleach him. Bleach the eye. Then they abandoned that bleached eyebrows thing. Yeah, like, thank uh, God. Horrendous. And they gave him a new sick ass cut in Avengers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Looked much better. And then um, like queer eye for the superhero. That is a YouTube bit if I've ever seen, and I'm copywriting that now. That's right. Queer eye for Avengers for the superhero guy. I'm not. All right, I'm leaving this podcast as we there speak. Go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> and then Captain America. Okay, so when I first saw Captain America, I really liked it, but I have to say I was underwhelmed by Chris Evans only because I had seen him in Fantastic Four. 
in Cellular yeah. <laughs> and these other really bad films. Is he in uh, Pearl Harbor? No, I don't think no, so. No, who's that in Pearl Harbor? That's Ben Affleck. Why did you say that name? And um, other people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not classic Chris. Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And by the way, then there's then there's the Hulk, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. with Edward Norton. Then Phase 2 starts with Iron Man 3, which I think, like I said, is underrated. That's where you had um, <clears throat> you had the Memento dude coming in. <laughs> he started this company to where he would put this extremis into your body that would basically heal you, right? So your arm gets lopped off and it grows back, right? Mm. Remember Pepper Potts fell into like the fiery abyss and Tony thought she was dead, but this extremist that she had been injected with saved her from being killed. Did you, do you remember that movie at all? No. Now that you're bringing it up, I, did we watch different Iron Mans? No, did I, you get the B-cut version from China? And No, but remember the twist in that movie was... <laughs> The Mandarin was the, the villain, right? He was a terrorist, and Ben Kingsley played him. Yes, I do remember that. I remember that so well. And he was like... everyone was pissed... Yes. ...that Kevin Feige and all of Marvel did this to the Mandarin. Just a role? The Mandarin? See, it's not real. Because the Mandarin then, it turns out, wasn't Ben Kingsley. It was this other... It was the memento guy behind the scenes who was... Yes. Yeah. The true villain. Yes, he, I think he, at the end, he's like, I'm the Mandarin, you know. And I was like, really? Ben Kingsley was better. But I have to say, I was laughing my balls off. Because when Tony Stark comes in, he breaks into the uh, the Mandarin, quote-unquote, mansion where he's hiding out. Yeah. Ben Kingsley comes out, not doing the Mandarin voice. He's got this, like, British accent. And there's two chicks in the bed, and he comes out, and he's like... Well... I wouldn't go in there for 20 minutes. <laughs> right? He's like, you know, webbing his arm back and forth and he's drinking Budweiser. He's like, what the hell? Who are you? He's like cheering on soccer in the background. Yeah. Who is this guy? He's like, <laughs> his name was like, um, something really stupid. My name's Trevor. Trevor Slattery. But it wasn't what we expected. So that twist I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know it pissed off a lot of people. You don't remember that movie at all? No. Damn. That's funny. I just remember the ones I want to remember. <laughs> okay, so do you remember Thor the Dark World? Like I said, I remember the ones I want to remember. Thor the Dark <laughs> World. That's uh, It has... Um, it has Chris Hem- Hemsworth and cast. And cast. <laughs> it has um, Christopher Eccleston, who played Doctor Who a few oh, seasons back. Okay. He plays like the lead elf, basically, the dark elf. Right, and they're going after the ether, which is one of the, which is a Nas album. Right? No, <laughs> Nas. I haven't done a Nas in forever. No, it's one of the. It's one of the. It's one of the um, Infinity Stones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, that movie's total garbage. Yeah, no, it's not good. No, there are some good cinematic scenes though, such as like uh, the funeral. Remind me of the funeral. <laughs> they're like, I'm pretty sure this is the Dark World. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't remember these movies. Right. The Dark World, they're on the, um, someone dies, they give them a funeral, yeah. there's this huge shot of, it's like a waterfall, and the city's in the background, you see that they're giving him a Viking's funeral, you know, the ship okay. is burning, it's going to go off the edge, beautiful scene, great cinematic scene. It looks good, I guess. Yeah. But it's just terrible. 
It's just so bad. It's not to the standards we are used to of a Marvel movie. True. That is what we're getting here. If this was a standalone movie, no cinematic universe, maybe I'd like it more. It'd be, yeah. Because it's com- that's the thing. It's compared to the other films. Yes. And I have to say, this movie is the one that made Chris Hemsworth go, I might not want to play Thor anymore. I think he was getting burned out. Let's talk about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Right? Now, that is... An amazing movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Every all these movies have a kind of like a theme to them, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know. And the theme for Winter Soldier is a spy. It's an espionage movie, right? And I just love this movie. You know, the elevator fight scene is so badass. Oh. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Everything that just goes on in the Winter Soldier is just awesome. And to me, this is the movie that got me into this universe. This is the movie that got me into Captain America. Because I wasn't impressed with Chris Evans as Captain America in the first Avenger. But with Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier, and like you said, the whole cat and mouse spy game. The Russo brothers did this one. Yes. And it was really well planned out. And I love that Robert Redford turns out to be the villain. Because he's always like the hero. You know, he was in all the President's Men. You You know, he's playing Bob Woodward and he's hunting down all the clues to bring down Nixon. Yeah, You know, he's always the the hero, but in this movie, he's like the low-key villain. And of course, this is the movie where S.H.I.E.L.D. gets brought down from the inside, because Hydra has infected S.H.I.E.L.D., Yes, right? Yeah, and, th- and this is the movie where you figure out that, oh, Bucky Barnes from the first Avenger didn't actually die. Yeah, he was taken and made a, what's that word, a sleeper agent yeah. by Hydra. And to be used to assassinate people, which will come back later. Yes, will definitely will come back later. Yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a classic. That's one of the, my favorites. That's, that's one of the best. Yeah. Um, so then you go from that to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I freaking loved. Yeah. When I first saw Guardians, I, I was just totally amazed by how they had taken this B-class, like C-class, like backbencher comic book that no one cared about mm-hmm. and made it this epic movie. James Gunn is so absolutely brilliant. But he infused it with the music, the humor... It, it, which makes sense because James Gunn used to work for um, Troma, the horror film, terrible, terrible horror films, <laughs> like um, The Toxic Avenger. Do you ever uh, watch those? That's a great horror film. I grew up with those horror films, but they are horrible. I, I like them because they're horrible. Like, yeah. it's so bad that it's good. Yes. And then after that, you had Avengers Age of Ultron, which was directed by Joss Whedon. Some people say that was a miss. What's your take on Avengers Age of Ultron? Age of Ultron is interesting. It's not what people thought it was going to be. That's what you're going to hear a lot with Marvel. They have a lot of situations where they're going to do a movie Mm -hmm. from a big comic. Yeah. So they did Age of Ultron, Civil War. Yeah. Endgame. Or not Endgame, I'm sorry. um, Infinity War. Infinity War, right? Yeah. And a lot of people go, well, this is what happens in the comic. This is what happens in the comic. Yeah. Kevin Feige comes in and he gives you some of it, but then he gives a little spin on it. Yeah. And it, you know, diverts your expectations. And sometimes, I mean, when it hits, it hits. And when it misses, it it misses. It kind of misses. Not bad. You know, it's hit or miss. Yeah. There shouldn't be misses. Kevin. Exactly. Kevin! 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 If you're listening to this. <laughs> but so, I actually thought the Age of Ultron, again, under estimated yeah well maybe next time you will estimate me this is where we saw um sokovia being lifted up 
by yeah. Ultron and being slammed or attempted to being slammed back to Earth to create like this whole extinction event. But this is also where we had Vision, right? Yeah. That Mind Stone was put into this um, kind of robot machine thing. The Ultron great. was trying to create this this robot to evolve himself. Yes. And have the great minds of Bruce Banner and Tony, Tony Stark and, and who's the other one? There's a third one that they have in his his mind. Is there a third one? Yeah, there's a third Oh, Jarvis. One. Yes, Jarvis. Jarvis. The, the AI Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, plus the... Because he's always self-learning. Plus Ultron, plus the mind the mind gem. Um, but Ultron, though, voiced by James Spader. He had, like, the greatest villain voice. James Spader has such a great voice. And he's so good on The Office, too. I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, effete, soft-penis debutante. You want to start a street fight with me, bring it on. But you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. I'm the Lizard King. As uh, Robert California? Yes. He, he's just brilliant. And I watch Black... <laughs> my, my wife and I watch Blacklist. We, I just thoroughly enjoy James Spader so God, much. I hate Robert California. Like, <laughs> I, it's one of those things where you're supposed to not like him. Yeah. And they, he just does it so well. Yeah, you love to hate him, though. Yes, exactly. He's so good. So that was the second Avengers movie, yes. by the way, right? And, um, and after that, we had Ant-Man. When I heard that they were going to have Paul Rudd play Ant-Man, I was totally excited. Because I remember I grew up watching Clueless. Like, <laughs> Clueless came out when I was, like, in the fourth or fifth grade. And he was so freaking hilarious. I thought I actually thought Clueless was yeah. really good. Alicia Silverstone was f***ing <laughs> hot. Um, <laughs> and I thought that the Clueless was, like, done ironically, so I actually enjoyed it. So I, I just think that Ant-Man was so brilliant in using the Pym technology to enlarge things and shrink them and yeah like the ants that were made bigger yes i think that was really that was a cool the, concept. the humor in this movie is also it's perfect you know yeah. i remember when this movie was coming out i was like i don't care about ant-man right i care less about this guy then after watching it i was bought in yeah i said this is hilarious i love this this is the story is awesome and it really just leads in really well to this next movie that came out and that was Civil War. Okay, so Civil War, when I, when I heard they were doing Civil War, I was super excited. Because this was like a huge like comic book event. Yes. And this movie was a huge event as well. But it didn't have the same level of, I think, importance as the comic books. But you still had that image from the comics of Iron Man blasting his beams forward at Captain America. And Captain America using the shield to, to deflect, deflect it. it. That iconic image from the comics... They put it in the movie, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was so badass. Kevin? Kevin! 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 <laughs> but, okay, when I watched that movie, though, I'm like, well, obviously, Iron Man is, like, the hero of this movie. Even though it's an Iron... Even though it's a Captain America movie, Iron Man's the hero. Mm-hmm. What did you think? You know... Because this movie divided fans, too. I, I always liked this movie as a Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. That's how I said this is Captain America's movie, right? But I feel like Iron Man does shine pretty prevalent through that. Is that on purpose? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? But I, I was on Captain America's side the whole time. You were. I was. I was a uh, his boy. I don't know. I, I because the whole idea was that Captain America and the people on Avengers who followed him were like, no, screw that. We're not going to sign the Sokovia Accords. We're not going to be pawns of the government. Yeah. Well, I sided more with. Iron Man, in that at a certain point, like after Sokovia, 
as heroes, you kind of have to be accountable for your actions. Yeah. And you kind of have to put the leash or the muzzle, you know, <laughs> on them. And Iron Man was like, look, what we did ended up killing civilians, right? Killing innocent people. His name was Charlie Spencer. You murdered him in Sokovia. Who's going to avenge my son, Stark? He's dead. And that woman who came up to him after that presentation where they had the art. Yes, and like, they killed my son. Right. And, you know, for him it was real, right? And so that's what pushed him to support the Sokovia Accords. And that's what split, initially split Captain America and Iron Man. But really, Jesse, that wasn't what split them in the end. What split them in the end? It was Mr. Bucky Barnes. That son of a bitch. Killed Tony Stark's parents. Yeah. I don't care. He killed my mom. As a sleeper assassin, but nonetheless. If someone came up to you and was like, hey, that guy over there killed your parents. He was under some mind control, but he killed your parents. You're going to be like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to him up. Under a psychotic break. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to blame temporary insanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? But, and what killed me too was that Captain America, the Boy Scout, right? He knew about it and didn't tell Tony. He lied. Yeah. He covered it up. Did you know? I didn't know it was him. Shoot. I just did you know. Yes. And he would rather protect his murderous assassin friend, Bucky, than be real with Tony. That's what killed me. Leave it to the 1940s people to try to mess us up today. That's right. Greatest generation of my ass. Thanks, freaking baby boomers. That's right. Ruining our economy. More like baby jackasses. (laughs) More like just babies. (laughs) Um, Snowflakes. Snowflakes, that's right. Got Trump put in office. We're always blasting millennials on this show. (laughs) It's your turn to get blasted, baby boomers. Yeah, you jackasses. In other news, Johnny Depp does not beat his wife. He was beat by his wife. Really? Yeah, you didn't see that? No. No, you didn't see that? No. Yeah, all this news came out that Johnny Depp was actually the one being beat by his wife. What? Yeah, and there's photographic evidence of them at red carpet events where he has black eyes. And he just blamed it on him hitting himself in accident and stuff like that. There's police reports. like So he was keeping it under the rug for He her? was keeping it a secret from the whole world that he was being beat. And that's then when she tried to say, hey, he beats me, that's when he was like, okay, no. It's some bullshit. Yes. And now everyone has to say sorry to Robert Downey Jr. Or not Robert Downey, to Johnny Depp. Actually, you know what? I'm an ass because I was like, I don't think he did it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a huge... I was correct, sir. You are a huge Johnny Depp fan. I did not believe her. You used to have a cat named Sweeney. I did. Yeah. R.I.P. Oh. Actually, his ashes are right over there. Rip. Rip. Rest in power, Sweeney. Rest in power. But, okay, so... Um, After Civil War, we have yeah. Doctor Strange. Which I really liked. Yeah. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was a great pick. And now, let's go into this direction as well. Is this movie... Yeah. Starts us off with Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. who is seen by a lot of the fans right now as the next uh, face of this universe. I heard that, yeah. It's supposed to be him, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be the three that are going to lead the charge afterward for these new Avengers. And Spider-Man, of course, will be one yeah. Of yeah, 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 yeah. The leaders, I think, yeah. Because we, the first three we talk about are Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, and they're leaving. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. 
they could grandfather Tony Stark and just have him make cameos here and there every once in a while. But for the so. majority, they're probably not going to get their own standalone movies again. Yeah. But Doctor Strange, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, just to touch on it super quickly, it's a great movie. Uh, you go from this douchebag doctor to a superhero, pretty much. Yeah. Who wants to protect the world and what, the universe. What I like about that was he was a scientist. He was a doctor. A surgeon. A surgeon, One of the best right? of his crafts. And he was all about, like, no, I don't believe in all this astral planes. I don't believe in, like, spiritual realms. That's all bullshit. There is no such thing as spirit. We are made of matter and nothing more. You're just another tiny momentary speck within an indifferent universe. I believe in science, empiricism. Mm-hmm. And what happens? It's right? like a horrible car accident. And then he goes to be trained. Lo and behold, there's all this magic. There's all this spiritual realms, astral planes, time travel, etc. that he didn't believe in previously. Yes. So it kind of blew his mind. Like, oh, I didn't believe in that before. But lo and behold, it's real. What did you just do to me? I pushed your astral form out of your physical form. After that movie, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. This one kind of split fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed once again by James Gunn. Woo. Who, um, was awesome. you know, everyone kind of said that the first that the first one was awesome, it was great. And some people say that the second one, they let him a little more off his leash and his, you know, his dark humor came out. You know, he's a little more mean-spirited because they are, they're always making fun of Mantis and all these different things. Right. Personally, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I still think the first one is the best. Oh, it was way better. But I don't think this is one of the worst movies. This is no. definitely a good movie. I didn't think the song choices in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 were as good like on the on point as the first one. And I think that he was tackling a different a difficult topic because you hear you're taking a planet, a character that's a planet basically, right? Mm-hmm. And and trying to embody it in Kurt Russell's character. Um, as Star-Lord's father. Yeah. It was just a, that's difficult to... In a comic book, you can kind of do that. But in a movie, it's it's very easy to jump the shark. And I think he almost jumped the shark yeah. with this. Um, I agree. But I think he, he did decently. It could have it could have been really bad. But. Yeah. Um, then after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we had that epic deal with Sony and Marvel where they were able to finally give us yes. a good Spider-Man. Okay, back Homecoming. up. Homecoming. Back up. Back up. Are you saying Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man? Oh, you know what? I watched this YouTube video on the Andrew Garfield one, and his his YouTube name is Gubs. G-U-B-Z. Okay. I'll send you the link to this video later. Okay. Now, it's an, it's an in-depth video. It's about 11 minutes long. I can kind of touch on it super quickly. Please watch this video. He goes in way more depth. But you know what? It's not as bad as people make it seem. After you pointed this out to me, you have... Think about Tom Holland, okay? And... What is his name? The first guy. The Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, yes. I like that one. Yes. You look at Tobey Maguire and you look at Tom Holland and their yeah. Spider-Mans are, they're these nerds who, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the movie, they get the girl, they have these awesome superpowers now, they save the day, dude, you're so sick, this is awesome. Okay, now you go to the Andrew Garfield movie where by the end of the first act, he has the girl. He beat up the bully. He has awesome superpowers. He's in a great place. You are already watching Spider-Man, you know, doing awesome. You know, and that's what you're not used to. By the end of this movie, he is not in that place. He's lost it all. He's lost it all. He doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. His girlfriend is killed well, in, his, in his arms. Now, he sucks at web-slinging. He does suck at web-slinging. <laughs> Poor guy. See? He basically killed her. Uh, he but sucks that, at but web-slinging. You know, he is, maybe he was just so cocky. 
Great kid, don't get penisy. Because he had such great success that he didn't really time to take the practice. He made a promise to her dad that I will protect her. Nothing will happen to her. And then she dies. She freaking dies, dude. You know, and so you, people don't like seeing Spider-Man lose. That's what Gub said in his video. People don't want to watch him lose. When you see him losing, that's not what you want to see. Well, we all cried watching him die in Infinity War. I don't feel so good. Yes. Well, I mean, spoilers, he's probably going to come back. I mean, if he doesn't come back, it's going to be a very be interesting really movie when that comes out in July. <laughs> yeah. But am I a defender of the Amazing Spider-Man films? Yes and no. I mean, they're not, my, right. they're not my favorite, but I don't think they're as bad as people want to give them. But back on topic. So Homecoming, Holland, though, awesome. Awesome movie. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I remember being super sick, and I watched this with you and my now wife and your now wife. Mm-hmm. We went to go watch this movie together. And I was sick as hell, but I wanted to watch it in theaters because I was excited. Next movie after this is Thor Ragnarok. Yes. The best Thor movie. Yes. So basically, like I said, Chris Hemsworth was ready to hang up his Thor boots. Mm-hmm. His when, hammer. His hammer. But when Taika Waititi came along, again, this mosquito is like flying around. It's, it's a mosquito eater. Mosquito eater. Well, son of a bitch. just like flying around. Anyway. Sorry. We're <laughs> recording in my garage. Not in Joel's bar. But anyway, Thor... Chris Hemsworth, I should say, was ready to hang up his Thor boots, hang up his hammer, and be like, screw this. But Taika Waititi came along, the guy who did um, What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. He's a, New, he's a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made Thor Ragnarok hilarious. Like, Thor took on, like, kind of a quirky um, kind of attitude. He was funny. He was kind of like a bimbo, or a mimbo, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And But this is where the Hulk movie also kind of evolved, or Hulk arc evolved because now in the in what age of ultron hulk kind of went into space well turns out he landed on this planet where um thor ended up becoming a gladiator and hulk was like the star gladiator of this um coliseum i guess i'm not sure what the exact wordage but yeah so that was a great movie and then after thor ragnarok is black panther dude when we first heard black panther was coming out i was like that'll be interesting i don't really know how good that'll be (laughs) <laughs> and it just rocked. Yes, everyone loves Black Panther. Um, it's amazing. It's really, You have everyone walking around, putting up their hands up to their chest and the X symbol and saying mm-hmm. Wakanda forever. I love saying that. I did this to my kids when, I first movie, when that movie first came out. Yeah. And I had students would walk in, Wakanda forever! <laughs> but it, it, And that movie was great because it was about the you know the past coming back to haunt you. Like your mistakes, your, your choices coming back to haunt you in the present. Mm-hmm. And maybe not necessarily you, but haunting... Like your kids, right? Yeah. Like the sins of the father coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael B. Jordan was amazing as Killmonger. Yeah, the my opinion, the best, second best mm. villain that we've ever had. Ultron was the best. <laughs> Welcome to Conversation on Tap, <laughs> hosted by me and Joel. Jose's gone away. <laughs> I'm not here today. No. no, Thanos is the best. Thanos is hands on the best. Hands down. That's why... The next movie we're going to talk about is Infinity War. I was, when I went, when I started to watch that movie, well, first first of all, I knew about the comics. I was really excited. I was hoping they would do Lady Death. They didn't do that. But they did have Thanos and his obsession with death. And they did the snap. I didn't think they were going to do it. No. Well, because, I mean, in the comic, he snaps his finger and everyone dies. Yeah. And... Everyone's like, "There's no. How are they going to do that? What are they going to do in the movie that's right. going to be anywhere close to that?" 
oh, they did it. I was like, they'll probably save that for the beginning of the next movie, and then they'll try to undo it. No, they ended this movie with the snap shirt. You should have gone for the head. And then not only did they end it with the snap, but in the end credit scenes, where they always say, you know, enter superhero name here, will return in, enter title name here, it said Thanos will return. And then I remember just being... I was sitting in there with my wife, mm-hmm. with my mind blown. Because Infinity War was not so much about the Avengers. It was more about Thanos. Thanos, yeah. And I remember people would clap at the end of movies. Right. You know, especially an awesome movie. And at the end of that movie, no one clapped. It was silent. I was sitting on the edge of my seat, almost peeing myself, because I'm like... Spider-Man just died. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Sir, please. Iron Man got stabbed through his t- upper torso. Yeah. Through his gut. Doctor Strange is gone. All the Guardians of the Galaxy are gone. Yeah. Except for, except for Rocket. Rocket. Um, who else is gone? Black Panther. Black Panther. Dead. Falcon. Falcon. Sebastian Bucky. Stan. Winter Soldier. Dead. Yeah. And then... Um, oh, um, well, Vision. That was crazy, too, when Thanos just, like ripped the stone right out of the uh, well, Because they had head. just killed Vision. And everyone's like, oh, great, that's how they're going to stop Thanos. And Thanos goes, nope, I have the time stone. Come back. Rewind. And he murders that poor man. Yeah. But then also, um, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, she also was dusted. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were dusted. Um, apparently, according to Nick Fury, yeah, um, Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when the posters came out, that said Avenge the Dead for the Endgame mm-hmm. uh, film. Um, Shiri was one of the ones listed as being... Yeah, she was a huge question mark at the end of the movie. No one knew where she was. And they confirmed it through movie posters yeah. that she was snapped. But you know who survived? Apparently in the Endgame tra- uh, trailers, Hawkeye in his really terrible haircut. Didn't, I thought Hawkeye went out. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, his Hawkeye family was probably yeah, got yeah. dusted. And that's why he's coming back. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Next, after this... Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Great, because it was so dark with Infinity War. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Light-spirited. Hilarious. Yeah. Michael Pena in his hilarious uh, stories that he Mm -hmm. gives. That's how they should open Endgame. Yeah. Is he should have 30 minutes to just go (laughs) through the whole Marvel Universe. Just him talking. But me and you did a bonus episode on Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. But... I like that they, they, they used that movie, even though it was light and funny, to, as a palate cleanser, but also to introduce the idea of um, the quantum realm, time vortexes. Going deeper into the quantum realm, yeah. Yes, and I think that's going to come back in this next movie. And if you notice, Hank Pym is wearing a suit similar to the suit suits that the Avengers are wearing in the Endgame yes, trailers, yes, the yes. white and the red, because um, I think they will do They were on the, uh, the toys, like marketing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. All right, that brings us to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Which I really enjoyed. I kind of was a little worried that they would overpower her. So they, they made her super powerful, but I think they did it for a reason. Um, because they want to show you that she's super powerful. She's able to, you know, fly through spaceships. She doesn't even need her, like, mask on when she's going through space. Yeah. I think they're setting her up to get her ass whooped by Thanos. Everyone's going to go into that movie thinking, like, oh, yeah, she's, she's saving the day. She's saving the day. And then Thanos is going to stomp her. What do you think? This might shock you, but I've gone into this movie, Endgame, knowing nothing. Good for you. I've purposely not watched any trailer. I've watched the trailers. I'm sorry. 
but I haven't watched any, you know, um, YouTube videos about it. I haven't read anything on Reddit about it. I haven't. Oh, we have self control. I am staying. Oh, it's it's been hard. I've had other things to take my time, like Star Wars and right uh, hockey. Thank God, but hockey fights. Yeah, hockey fights. But right now, I'm staying far away from it. Good you know, you. I'm kind of that would make sense. I could see them doing something like that, but Kevin Feige Kevin! does stuff where, like I said earlier, you think X, Y, and Z is going to happen, mm-hmm. and then he does something completely different, yep. but it works. So like you said, he she could come in and get her ass whooped. But I mean at the end of Infinity War, that gauntlet looked jacked up. Right. So does that still work? I don't think it works. I mean, and he's probably butt naked in a field <laughs> because he had his armor hanging up there. Right. So but I, I think everyone's I, don't ex- know. I think everyone is expecting her to whoop his ass. Yes. So I think the twist will be he beats her up. He stomps her. Because in this movie you see how she's in, by the way, she's not a scroll. I predicted she'd be a scroll. Yeah. I had told someone, I thought it was on the podcast, but I guess not, that Sam Jackson would lose his eye to the cat, which ended up happening. Yes. And I was like, I called it. You t- we talked about that, yeah. We had made jokes about that. And yeah. it actually ended up happening. It actually ended up happening. But it, was, it was good. I, I liked that, you know, it was the, the hero was a woman. That was Marvel's first solo lead actress lead type actress. of thing. Yeah. So I think that was really good. Yeah, you know, DC did Wonder Woman. And that movie was, like, amazing. Yeah. So Marvel's playing catch-up by having their own standalone female lead. Yeah. I feel like they've... I'll give them a pass. <laughs> give them a pass. Yeah. They've done amazing with other things. Oh, they totally have. Scarlett, I mean, Scarlett Johansson is <laughs> hot as Black Widow. <laughs> My wife's in the other room. I don't want to get shot today. She's she's relatively attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the um, YouTube video that... What's his name? The really, Kevin Smith, right? Mm-hmm. The cameo that's in there, okay? Oh, I did see that. He's reading. He was crying. Yes, he cried because he he was reading Mall that, I, I, I kind of was suggesting that to you, remember? Yes. Okay, what you had suggested to me before I watched the movie. Yes. And then I didn't want when to I tell s- you when I saw the movie. Uh-huh. The opening credits, instead of it being you know The Incredible oh. Hulk and Captain Iron Man, it was all Stanley. Stan and I was like, this is what Jose was oh. talking about. No, I was talking about the Kevin Smith. Okay. Thing. Yeah. That one was that was very touching, that was awesome. and I didn't realize how impactful it was until I watched Kevin Smith's video about it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige Kevin! called him personally and told him what the cameo was. Yeah. And had asked him, "Hey, can you send us, you know, clips of him reading this?" Because right. unfortunately, when he read it for us, he was on his, you know, right last, you know, <clears throat> step out of the world. His read wasn't very good. Exactly. And so they were able to make it. Very nice for his last cameo in there. Oh, that was Because so they had already filmed his Endgame one. So Endgame is his last, last cameo. That's perfect. Endgame. We're in the Endgame now. Last one. Yikes. Yikes. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, okay, so that's basically where we were at. We left off with Avenity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We left off with Captain Marvel. Marvel going into Endgame. So looking at all those films, what, what would you say was your favorite? My favorite film has to be Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, good choice. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Growing up, I remember um, our mom gave me like a Spider-Man birthday party. Mm-hmm. I had a Spider-Man blanket. Right. I always wanted to go to Walmart and buy the the Spider-Man hands that would shoot out the webbing. webbing. You know, I woke up early on Saturdays to watch Spider-Man cartoons. And just to see them knock it out of the park like this. Oh, yeah. You know... Tom Holland is such an amazing Spider-Man. Ned, you know, his sidekick is hilarious. Yeah, the man at the computer or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. And they're like, what are you doing in here? 
watching porn. <laughs> I laugh so yes. hard. <laughs> I love that movie. It's awesome. Uh, they they can't go wrong. I'm super excited for. Um, is it far away from home or some far some, from home? Yeah, far from home. Yeah. Uh, my wife is a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan, so she's also very excited for this movie for the wrong reasons. Yes, she is very excited for Mysterio and see what he can do. That's funny. Uh, your favorite? Ah, oh, man, it's a toss up. I, I I'm gonna have to go though with um, it's a toss up between Iron Man and Infinity War. Ooh, okay. Iron Man is so classic. I think it's a perfect film. If, if the whole universe hadn't been formed, I think just as an Iron Man movie alone, that first one would have been just epic. Yeah, okay. Because it hadn't, like you said, it was like, who cares about Iron Man? He's like a backbencher. But he was awesome. Yeah. And Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., was just... Now he is, you know, I think you can talk about superhero success mm-hmm. when you are kids lunch lunchboxes and yeah. then backpacks you know you went from superman and batman on everyone's so now it's captain america and it's iron man and yeah robert downey jr is that face on everyone's lunch pail now exactly and then and then infinity war i think um if for no other reason than because the russo brothers are so ballsy that they had the snapture mm-hmm. they wiped out half of the universe um that, that they went there and I love that they were able to balance all the characters from Guardians to Thor to... As best they could. As yeah. best they could. I mean, that's like that's almost... Huge... There was almost 30 characters. And they all had their own storylines. They had their own motivations. They all had a part to play. Like, no one was just kind of just wasted, I felt like. Yeah, I agree. So that, to me, that was, a, that was a triumph in itself. So, least favorite. What's your least favorite? You know, to say least favorite... I just have to go with a movie like Age of Ultron. Oh, really? Really. You know, I just, I had hype for it. I was excited to see it. I wasn't my favorite. You know, I could shit on Thor the Dark World and, you know, the original Thor. But I, they can't, in my opinion, they can't miss with Age of Ultron. Right. It wasn't a huge miss, but I, I was disappointed. That's why it's my least favorite because I was just yeah. disappointed so much. I think I had high expectations because it was Joss Whedon. Yeah. I thought he would do so much with that and it wasn't... <clears throat> Why, where it should have been. My least favorite, though, I'd have to say, is Thor the Dark World. Or as I call it, Thor the Dark Thor. <laughs> it just, ah, it was so dark. And it was such, it was so convoluted, was the other thing. The, the plot was com- complicated. I still can't quite figure out what the hell was going on in that movie. Mm. All I know is, the Dark Elves, they wanted the ether, couldn't have it. <laughs> Thor wins. Yeah. Right? Other than that, the, comp- the 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 plot was so complicated, but uh, yeah, it, it was my least favorite. But you know what? Still better than a lot of crap that's out there. You know? True, very very true. Um, before we wrap up, though, just real quick, who's your favorite superhero in the Marvel universe? Captain America. Why? I feel like he is just so badass. He is a he goes by his moral standards, right? You know, I love that he has just had these high morals. I can feel the righteousness surging. Hey, want to have a rousing discussion about truth, honor, patriotism? God bless America. Like we talked about with the Sokovia uh, Accords, right. he said, no, I'm going to save people when I want to save people. No one's going to tell me to be their pawn. Right. I'm not going to do these things. That's what I like. And again, I, I'm, I sound like a broken record. I love Iron Man. You see him go from that playboy billionaire genius right yeah to like oh wow 
I'm actually this horrible person who's spreading weapons throughout the world, creating so much chaos and violence. Mm-hmm. And he grew from that. And every movie you see where he's learning, he learned like, okay, I can actually use my gifts, my money to build this Iron Man suit to be kind of like this shield around the world to I need to be a better person for Pepper Potts. Yeah. <laughs> to then like I need to actually be a better person for the world. I can use this, use my money, my influence to help other scientists, other engineers. And, and his altruism led to him making... Or completing Vision, right? Yeah. And um, actually starting with Ultron, and that backfired massively. <laughs> so you see where he takes two steps forward and three steps back many times. But he so just, that's how life feels. Yeah. I, I just, such a great character. One more thing. Can't end without this. Predictions for Endgame. I'm just going to go with uh, the fan favorite. All the people who were killed in the Snapshot are going to come back. How? I don't know. Any predictions on how? And no predictions at all. I, I don't want to have predictions. And I don't you don't wanna, even want to know. I don't even want to know. I just All I know is that they're going to come back. Uh-huh. The original Avengers, because at the end of Infinity War, that's who's left. The original mm-hmm. Avengers. Yeah. Now, what I think is going to happen is that all the people who are snapped away are going to come back. Uh-huh. And the original Avengers would have somehow sacrificed themselves right. to bring them back. I think, I think you're pretty much right on it. I think what's going to end up happening is... The people who are snapped away will come back, but don't okay. forget the Soul Stone. They're going to get the Soul Stone, uh, so they're going to have to recreate the gauntlet somehow. And they're going to have to recollect all the stones, which means someone's going to have to get sacrificed. And I seriously think either... Cause remember in that line in, in um, I think it was Civil War, when Captain America was like... I know guys with none of that worth 10 of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. To lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you? I think I would just cut the wire. Always a way out. Captain America's like, you've always got some, like, clever idea, right? But Mm -hmm. you can't make the sacrifice. Iron Man might make the sacrifice by killing himself so Captain America could get the Soul Stone. Or, flip side, I think Captain America could sacrifice himself. Just like he did when he flew the plane into the... He's done it before. So that Iron Man could get the Soul Stone. Someone's being sacrificed to get that Soul Stone. Watch this just be completely wrong, and it's Paul Rudd. Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, they have Ant-Man 3 coming out, so it can't be him. That's what I'm saying. Just or, watch. It's, and Ant-Man 3 is just really his daughter, and it's not him. True. Or it's Ant-Man crawling up Thanos' ass, and then Turning enlarging himself. Yeah, and then blowing up Thanos. Yeah, say, say they won't. Yeah. Say they won't. You know what might kill Thanos is Hawkeye's hideous haircut. Don't be hating, man. <laughs> Don't be. Hawkeye's useless. He's, he's just terrible. Okay, look, the city's flying. We're fighting an army of robots. And I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. Anyway, Endgame comes out the 26th? Yes, 26th. Same day as that Taylor Swift album? Go yes. Go pick it up. Anyway, we're very excited. For Taylor Swift. For Taylor Swift. And for Endgame. <laughs> So as is our tradition, as we end the show, we want to talk about something that we watched or read or listened to. But this week, Jesse and I both watched the same thing, and so we want to talk about it. What, what was that, Jesse? This is the new trailer for Star Wars. <laughs> the ninth film in the saga. Yeah. With the worst title in the saga. It's not that bad. It's, uh, 
What's the title? It, it Rise of Skywalker. Yes. It could be it could be Kylo Ren. It could be the Rise of Luke. Maybe it's the Rise of Anakin. Maybe Anakin comes back. Uh, it's a load of baloney. <laughs> rise of baloney. Rise of bal- the Rise of the Bread. So, I, what was what did you like about this trailer? You already see growth in Rey. Right. You know she. Someone pointed out that every Star Wars trailer mm-hmm. in seven, eight, and nine has started with the character breathing. Right. Okay, seven, you have Finn breathing heavily. Uh, eight, you had, I believe it was Ray breathing again, but she, right. it's more of a panicked breathing. You go to nine, and it's very calm breathing. It's a very mastered, calming down type mm-hmm. of breathing. She's becoming more of a Jedi master, you know, when something like the Jedi Council no longer exists. Right. And all she had left was our good old boy Mark Hamill. But she also had those books. The, the Jedi, Secret Jedi Scroll. Yes, which... That Yoda <laughs> really that, respected. That Luke never read. The Sacred Jedi Texts. Oh, read them, have you? Well, I mean, page turners, they were not. <laughs> page turners, they were not. Yeah, but she read them. Yeah. And I'm assuming she Which was, I could see her character doing. And Luke is a Force ghost. I'm assuming he's a Force ghost because he narrates the trailer. Yeah. So he probably trains her. Somehow. Somehow. And then, um... Man, what else did I see that? Oh, and then another thing that I liked from the trailer is J.J. Abrams is directing it. Yeah. And he's bringing back the things that I personally wanted to see more of. Yeah. Which were, the two things I'm going to talk about is Kylo Ren's helmet. It's coming back. He's putting it together. And the Knights of Ren. Lots of red. Because the helmet has all that, like, veiny red. From the welding it back together and whatever they do. Knights of Ren. I'm so excited for that. I think that needs a spinoff movie on its own. I would Mm -hmm. love to watch... Two and a half hours of that. Yeah. Um, I really liked that you see this new breed of stormtroopers who apparently will be um, critical to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. They've got the red. They have red suits. And that's why the TIE fighter in this, or TIE interceptor actually, I think, has red on it. When Uh she flips over it, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, at the very beginning. It's a red kind of TIE fighter, basically. But if you notice, Ray has... Anakin's old lightsaber. Yes. Which she's kind of repurposed. Yes. She didn't build her own like Luke did in the cave of Tatooine before he went and murdered everyone. <laughs> Yikes. How many people has Luke murdered in the movies? Not enough, apparently. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> but um, what else was... Um, no, there wasn't really any pictures of Rose. She was kind of not in the trailer. No, she's not in there, really. Um, it looks like Finn and Poe spent a lot of time together. Yeah, which is a, I'm okay with because I love those two characters. Yeah, to see them together would be awesome. Um, I think we just need to skip to the end and talk about what everyone was talking about at the end of that trailer, which is Palpatine laughing. Oh yeah, the Senate has returned. It. Oh man, I'm excited. I and, watched that trailer live when J.J. Abrams, uh-huh. you know, showed the whole um, celebration crowd, uh-huh. and as I was watching, I was like, man, this trailer is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, is that, was, did I just hear Palpatine's laugh? Yeah. And I, goosebumps, that is, ah. Uh. And then the lights came on, and there's Ian McDermott, who plays Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Man. So I'm wondering, so in the trailer, you see the Death Star, I'm assuming it's the second one, which means they're on Endor, right? Because the, the Death Star was over the planet of, or the forest moon of Endor. Yeah. Which means they're looking for something the Emperor had. Because that's where the Emperor supposedly died. Yes. You would assume he died. One would assume, right? And these movies have done 
have brought back characters that were supposedly dead and mm-hmm. in comic books and in TV shows they were brought yeah. back to life. It wasn't canon. Right. But it was canon. Like in Solo, everyone thinks that Darth Maul is dead. But he's alive. And he's alive and it's canon now that yeah. he's alive. Can we talk about, speaking of deaths, Carrie Fisher died. So they're going to use, I guess, extra footage, repurposed yeah. to finish her scenes. I'm assuming they're going to kill her off in that movie. They're killing everyone off. They have to. Han, Luke, Leia's going to die in this one. Admiral Akbar. Yeah. Are they going to kill Lando Calrissian? I'm going to say no. Hashtag death for Lando. I'm going to say they're not going to kill him uh, because they can't do that to us. They've killed everyone else. Why wouldn't they kill Lando? Because they can't. Why? I'll, do you sue think the, I'll sue Kathleen Kennedy. Do you think the fans will lose their You've took You've taken Han. Yeah. You took Luke. You took Akbar. You're taking Carrie Fisher because she yeah. OD'd. You now gotta you're taking me, Lando. you got to leave me someone else, okay? you got to leave me with someone. We don't want your Darth Maul in a, star, in a, in a solo story. <laughs> give me someone. Give me Lando or give me death. Exactly. Hashtag death for Lando. Um, anything else? Any final thoughts on Star Wars? Super excited. Let's get it. I, Christmas yeah. can't come any quicker. Let's go. Let's get going with Christmas. Get this Star Wars saga over with. By the way, Mandalorian, the teaser dropped for that series, which will be on the uh, Disney yes, uh, streaming service. Yes, it's in November. That'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I am another well. freaking streaming service I'm going to have to pay for. Well, the cool thing about that is, is you can just pay $70 once and you get it for the whole year. So I might just do that. Which I think I might just end up doing that. Do that. So that way I don't have to see, you know, Disney Plus coming out of my bank account every True. month. Get Disney Plus, everyone. We are not endorsed by Disney whatsoever. Please endorse us. <laughs>